It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host Andy Goldstein. And we start with the incredibly sad news that the former England, Tottenham, and Chelsea striker Jimmy Greaves has sadly passed away at the age of 81. Spurs released a statement which read, We are extremely saddened to learn of the passing of the great Jimmy Greaves, not just Tottenham Hotspur's record goalscorer, but the finest marksman this country has ever seen. Here, TalkSport's Danny Kelly pays tribute to the legendary striker. All he wanted to do was put the ball in the back of the net and he did that better than anybody I've seen. His skills, I mean, he was messy-like at times. This way of gliding past people. Even while talking to people like our dealers, to say, look, you get into these positions and yet you can't score. When Jimmy Greaves got into these positions, he seemed to place the ball just inside the post. If anybody ever said to Jimmy, how did you get into positions to score all those goals? And, and he always used to say, I just don't know. It just came naturally. But the facts and the stats easily amplify those eyewitness testaments. He scored more goals in England's top division than anyone before or since. And he did that despite six months spent in Italy, winning Serie A with AC Milan. 357 goals in 516 games. It's a record that will never be broken. Hanging back, gonna hit it! Oh, what a goal by Jimmy Greaves! Oh, Greaves! He's done it! Jimmy Greaves! The goal he wanted! For England, he has a better goal-to-minutes record than any of the greats. Better than Charlton, Dinica, Rooney or Shearer. 44 goals in just 57 internationals, complete with no less than six hat-tricks. An injury robbed him of a World Cup winner's medal in 1966. I just wasn't fit. Jeff Hurst came in, took his chance and Alf kept it that way. And quite frankly, I think Alf was right to do so. I've always said Alf was right to do so. If you say, was I disappointed I didn't play in the 66 World Cup, of course I was devastated. But Jimmy's influence extended far beyond the football pitch. He was a part of a generation of young, working-class kids who embodied the swinging 60s and sent the image of a brighter Britain emerging from the grey ashes of the post-war period beaming around the world. 
And after his playing days ended, Jimmy Greaves became the first ex-player to forge a career in mainstream media, starring on TV for two decades. His very public battle with and eventual triumph over alcoholism further added to his national fame. And as Danny touched on there, after Greaves retired, he went on to become a popular figure, presenting the TV programme Saint and Greasy, alongside, of course, Ian St John. Talksport presenters Barry Glendenning and Paul Hawksby remembered his career fondly. Just that relationship with the two guys being core to it that, that made it so special. It's funny now, even when I watch, when well, I think we were on the show a little while ago and there was a sort of neck-high tackle in the Boca River derby and there was a 22, the subsequent 22-man brawl all chasing each other around the pitch. And all I can ever hear is Jim saying, you know, oh, it's all kicked off again in Argentina. So it was just, they used to love those clips. They used to trawl those world football clips and find this stuff. And it, it was, it was just that, that relationship being at the core of it and it being, a, you know, such a, a tremendous show, a must-watch. Uh, a little boat trip. Yeah, why not? Back to the studio. Bagsy, I'm a skipper. This is not what I had in mind saying. Keep going, ma'am. We've got to get there. Watch well, that bridge. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. Believe me. Help. <laughs> it was compelling viewing and must-see television, watching him and Saint every Saturday lunchtime. Jimmy Greaves was, was very much the funny guy, uh, Saint was the straight man. And to be honest, I'm of an age, I'm, I'm just under 50. I saw him first and foremost as a TV personality. I didn't see him play football. I wasn't aware of how good he was. He was just this really funny bloke on the television who didn't take himself too seriously. And he seems to have been like that in life as he was in television and in football as he was in television. Tottenham and Chelsea fans held a minute's applause for their former striker Jimmy Greaves. The two sides came up against each other in the Premier League, with of course the Blues winning by three goals to nil. We'll hear from Nuno Espirito Santo shortly, but first, here's the victorious manager Thomas Tuchel. Spurs showed a good first half performance, full of energy, and we were a bit sloppy. We were not sharp enough, like as a team, we had already individual good performances in the first half, but we lacked energy and we lacked compactness and, and we lacked the belief to decide 50-50 duels onto our side. And that had to change because we wanted to win and, and to win you need to deserve and with a better performance. And this is what we did. Second half was very, very good and I'm happy about it. Is Thomas Tuchel the best manager in the Premier League and the reason I'm asking that is because Faye mentioned it there Golo Conte came on and really changed the game and Tottenham just did not know how to deal with it brought on N'Golo Conte absolutely transformed the game in Chelsea's favour he made a big bold decision at half time in their last game against Aston Villa when maybe things weren't going their way they won that game comfortably he's won the Champions League is he the best manager in the Premier League right now? that's the full time whistle and you can hear the boos and that's from a half-full stadium because most people have left already. We were good in the first half because the players worked very hard, very hard in the first half. It's not easy to press 
high on the pitch against a, such a good opponent that takes away energy. But we were disappointed. The game changes through, through the set piece, something that we have to work on and improve. Being a Spurs fan, I had to be. My dad was a Spurs fan, right? It's a lifetime full of misery for me. What's the, what's the issues then? Is it defence? Is it, it obviously Son's back today? Harry Kane looks a shadow yeah, of himself last, from last season and season before. He's a CDM just ain't he, old Harry Kane. We scored three goals in five games. It's frightening. Harry Kane's literally got... Is, is that a little bit I'm concerning like, in terms of the form? No, listen, we know how, how much of a good player he is, but it's not like Harry Kane not to go, have got at least a Premier League goal already. Is it a little bit concerning? He's, he's got no service. This is the third, the first half today was the first time we've had ball players on the pitch. Yeah, Delhi's been deep all season. How can he do anything when he's not getting any service? And then when he comes deep to get the ball, there's no one in behind him apart from Sun. On now to Manchester United who won 2-1 against West Ham in a dramatic finish at the London Stadium, never in doubt. Jesse Lingard, of course, who was on loan at the Hammers last season, scored the winner with Mark Noble missing an injury time penalty. I shouldn't laugh, as he just came off the bench to take it. We'll get the take of Moisey shortly. But over now to the United boss, Oli Gunnar Sochara. West Ham have brought on their specialist kicker, who's Mark Noble. And Mark Noble has played it to the right-hand side of David De Gea, who has made the save! This is why we play football. That's why we work in football. It's passion. And uh, it looks we're down and out, but uh, David pulled a great save off. Jesse Lingard got a hero's reception when he came on from the West Ham fans for all he did last year for the club. He's just gone and ended West Ham's unbeaten record. It's going to be a tough game. You know, we've got a, a brilliant reception after the fans you know, when I, when I came on and I had to do my part and, you know, in trying to get the victory. It's, you know, it's always hard to come on sub, but you've got to try and, you know, change the game and, um, in which did that. Mark Noble sent on. Maybe this is why players shouldn't be sent on for specific reasons and he's missed the penalty. We got a penalty kick and I've got one of the best penalty takers in the Premier League and also in Europe. So I think if I hadn't made the decision to do it, I would be more annoyed with myself. But uh, it happens in management. You have to make decisions and this one didn't go right today. He's got a great record, so why would we not? And... Uh, you know, we've missed a few recently, so I thought that, well, I get the chance to do so, I could bring Mark on. And in the other match, Brighton beat Leicester by two goals to one at the Amex. What a win that was. Jamie Vardy scored his 150th goal for the Foxes, but it wasn't enough for Brendan Rodgers' men. The Leicester boss wasn't happy with the officials. More on that coming up. But first, this is the Seagulls gaffer, Graham Potter, who, for my money, is sporting a beer that's a little bit too heavy and needs a trim. Oh, what a game here as well. It's finished Brighton 2, Leicester 1. Brighton with a fourth win from their opening five matches and they beat Leicester for the first time in the Premier League. I've said before, the longer you're with each other, the more you learn, the more you improve, the more you um, understand what you're trying to do. And then the bit that I think we all have to acknowledge is sometimes you're unlucky and sometimes you're lucky. You do need that in life and in football. But I thought today we earned that because of the quality of our play. I thought we earned to be 2-0 up. We played with real bravery, real togetherness. There wasn't a fear of the opponent, there was a respect. I think when you're competitive like that, you've got a chance. It wasn't without plenty of controversy, though. The VAR gods very much smiling down on Graham Potter's men this afternoon, it has to be said. Definitely will score. The ball comes in, Barnes is moving out. Everything's in front of the goalkeeper. You can see it. it's just a great leap. It's a great header. And at no time was he ever blocked from view of the keeper. Barnes was in between the line of defence and the goal and in fact he might well have been in the goalkeeper's eye line yet again. Keeper's you know, six foot five or whatever he is and uh, 
he'd seen it all the way. It was just a great ball in. It was a great header. So I think today we just never had the luck on our side with those decisions, and, and ultimately that cost us. Now, the fallout continues from Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola Guardiola and his comments about his own fans after they played out a stalemate against Southampton at the Etihad. A near-capacity crowd were there but couldn't help Pep's side get the three points. Tony Cascarino has defended the citizens' boss, who calls him that, but Sam Matterface believes Guardiola Guardiola's comments were wrong. It does come across a little bit like he is tone deaf because if you're in touch with your club and your support and you know Manchester City, you know that Manchester City get a little bit of sniping and banter from other clubs about the number of fans that attend matches. I'm not saying he has to be across all the little disputes and details and and silly little petty tribal rivalries, but I do think as a football manager, you should never, ever even give a hint of being detached from your fan base. And I think on Wednesday night, he kind of did that. To me, it was all he was asking was, we need everybody on side here. You know, we need everybody involved at this football club. Everyone and pulling it, together. Yeah, sure. pulling together, which many managers have done from Bielsa, from Chrissy Wilder. That's all he's asking from my side. Mm. I, I don't see a manager calling out fans of, you know, they don't, or he doesn't understand the price of football. Of course he does. On now to Danny Kelly and, of course, Andy Goldstein's Transurip Express with the rest of the gang. We call it Messi Watch because he'll be the centre of all this. And just looking at the photograph that's just been sent of his face as he passes Maurizio Pochettino, having been substituted, apparently without injury, tells you all you need to know about today's affairs. Although, Andy, first of all, we should make the point that a late, late winner... Uh, by um, Icardi for Paris Saint-Germain means at least the manager can say, well, I changed the team and we won the match. That's right. And uh, I think everyone who, well, most of the people who crammed inside the Parc de Prince tonight uh, went uh, expecting a, a sub-six-foot Argentinian to score the winning goal. And uh, they got there in the end, didn't they, I suppose? <laughs> um, Kylian Mbappe hurt his foot not once, but twice in the game against Club Brugge in the Champions League early in the week, which had been the first time um, that the three of them played together and a lot of thinking people out there who wondered how Pochettino would blend that into his preferred style of pressing football a lot of their fears were realized in in that game in Belgium it was not a good performance by Paris Saint-Germain and this evening they got away with it a little bit as well That's it. Thanks for listening on the Talks by Apple wherever you get your podcast from. I just don't care. Don't forget, of course, to press that subscribe button, something I do care about. I'm back on TalkSport tonight on my show, one of them, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar from 10pm alongside Jason Cundy. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. So do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.